Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. Happy Sabbath, everybody. How are we doing today? Being in the presence of Yahweh with his people, praises, hallelujah. So thankful that you're here joining us. I want to share a word today that uh, has been on my heart. Uh, it's going to sound like a bit of a downer. I'll tell you that. Over. But I promise you at the end, we'll see some light. I don't... Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 10. We're going to start our first. He was talking to his disciples, telling them about their going out, spreading the gospel in the local communities around Jerusalem. He's given them all of these instructions. And in verse 28, he says, do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. It appears to me, and maybe it's just me, but it appears to me that today there tends to be a huge deficit when it comes to the fear of Yahweh. A huge deficit, meaning we don't, and maybe this isn't to you directly, but we as a country, we as a people, we as a planet, we do not understand or appreciate the fear of Yahweh. And many people, and sometimes when you hear pastors uh, preach on the fear of Yahweh, you'll, you'll hear them talk about respect and reverence and awe. And these are important terms because the, the word fear in Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament, Hebrew and Greek, they can mean uh, a holy fear or a, uh, an, a reverence for Yahweh. But I want to entreat you today to think about things a little bit more seriously as we think about fear, being terrified, being deathly afraid the presence of Yahweh. You know, many times Yahweh visited people in the Old Testament. Or maybe he sent an angel to visit people. And do you know what happens when people realize that they're in the presence of the Almighty? What do they do? They fall down. Why? Because they're afraid. You see, there's a a fear that we need to be gripped by in the presence of the Almighty. When Yahweh was on the mountain, he was there with Moses and you could hear the thunder and the fire and you could see the lightning and the, the earth was shaking. And what did the people say to Moses? We don't want to go anywhere near that place because we are going to die. So you just go talk to him. And what does Yahweh say? The people have spoken rightly. They should not come near me for I will consume them. Yahweh is a consuming fire. And so oftentimes we get this idea of the almighty as this. And it's so difficult because we we go back and forth. But this kind and loving and gentle God. But Yahweh is a consuming fire. No one to be trifled with. We have an obligation to not only recognize his awesome power, to not only feel his amazing presence, but to stand in utter fear 
of him as almighty. And we need the fear of Yahweh in this community. We need the fear of Yahweh in our country. What does our country lack right now? Is it not a fear of what could come? A fear of what is to come? Don't fear those who are able to kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. But rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Today, I just want to share with you three ideas. First is to fear Yahweh. The second is not to provoke Yahweh to jealousy. And thirdly, learning about how we can live without fear in the presence of the Almighty. If you are a person like many of us, well, I should say all of us. If you're a person who has lived in sin, if you're a person who has continually strived against the Almighty and you don't comprehend why that's wrong, it's because you don't understand the fear. The Bible says that our sins have separated us from Yahweh. They've, they've made a distance or a chasm between us and the Almighty. And the only thing that an unrepented and an unregenerated person can expect is fear and retribution, condemnation, judgment. To stand before, let's go to, uh, let's, let's just go to Hebrews chapter 10. And I want to share with you a bit more of what I'm saying here. In Hebrews chapter 10, we have uh, some encouragement here. In verse 19, the writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Yeshua, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of Yahweh, let us draw near with sincere, with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And many of us in the room have experienced this washing. We've experienced this cleansing, the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit in our life to wash us free from the sin that we're constantly and easily so easily entangled with. We have a clear conscience in his presence. Let us hold fast, verse 23, the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and to good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And maybe you're a person who sees the day drawing near. But then, so we have this encouragement, we've got this Blessing about knowing who Yahweh is and receiving the cleansing that he offers through his, the blood of his son Yeshua. But how now in verse 26, we get serious. If we go on sinning willfully 
after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but what a terrifying expectation of judgment and quote, the fury of the fire, which will consume the adversaries taken from Isaiah chapter 26 and 11. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severer punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the son of Yahweh and has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the spirit of grace? Insulted the spirit of grace. I don't need you. I don't need your covering. Verse 30, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, Yahweh will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living Elohim. That is what the world is missing today. A terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living Elohim. You know, it's difficult in our day because Yahweh and his miraculous signs and wonders, although still seen, are quieter than they were before. You know, when you were with Moses and you were watching the miracles happen there with Egypt and then you gathered together and as you stood there with your staff in your hand and the sandals on your feet and you heard the screams from households as the firstborn of every household is put to death by the death angel at midnight and then you're carried out of Egypt and the Egyptians are giving you their gold and their belongings and you're heading out and then you, you stand by the sea with Pharaoh pressing in behind you and Moses lifting his staff and the sea is parted and you cross over on dry land. There's so much there to believe in. And yet sometimes we lose it because in this day and age, Yahweh seems to be quiet. Yeshua said, blessed are you because you have seen and you believe, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe. And because Yahweh is quiet, we oftentimes forget about the wrathful vengeance that he has the authority to pour out on people. You know, when you read through the book of Kings or the book of um, Chronicles and you hear about the kings of Israel and one king was serving Yahweh. And when when everybody is serving Yahweh, when the king is righteous, Israel is up. And then the next king comes in and he's born uh, and, and he's raised up in the faith, we might think. And then he becomes the king and he says his father, rather, he did not follow after the heart of his father who was with Yahweh, but instead went against Yahweh and they built the towers and they built the pillars and they built the sacrificing altars for their gods. And then Israel went straight down and plagues and war and famine consumed Israel. And in those moments, they cried out and said, we have forgotten him. What will it take to bring us back? And Yahweh in his mercifully kindness, he brings them back with another righteous king and up and down and up and down and up and down it goes. But we oftentimes miss it because the wrath of Yahweh is not easily seen and oftentimes extended in our day. And because we do not feel the wrath of the Almighty, we do not see his anger burning against 
and jealousy. Because we don't feel and experience that, we can become complacent and think he's not awake. He's not awake. In the last days, there will, become, there will come scoffers and they'll mock at us because Yahweh is silent. But the Bible says to be faithful. I just want to come to a couple of scriptures here in Acts chapter 9, verse 31. We need to have a healthy fear of Yahweh. Yes, a reverence. Yes, a devotion. Yes, an awe of his power, but a fear of what he is capable of, a fear of what he is going to do to his enemies, a fear of what he could do to you if you don't accept the blood of Yeshua and repent. Acts 9.31. Just a brief point here. The church was spreading. The word of Yahweh is going forward. The gospel is being promoted. And it says here that the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace being built up and going on in the fear of Yahweh and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It continued to increase. The assembly cannot grow without a healthy fear of Yahweh. A healthy fear of Yahweh. In Romans chapter 3, we read about the heart condition of the Jews as Paul is introducing his gospel to the Gentile nations, which again, Yahweh decided to give the Gentile nations an opportunity for salvation because his own people refused him. So we read in verse 9, what then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin, as it is written. There is not one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks for Yahweh. All have turned aside together and have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave. and With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths, and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of Yahweh before their eyes. You see, when you do not have the concept of Yahweh's power and his majesty and his wrath and his anger, it's easy to forget to fear him. We have to be reminded, brethren, that to stand in the presence of the Almighty without the covering of Yeshua, you will be consumed. You know, preachers talk about hell and, 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 and uh, Elder Chuck gave a message about, you know, eternal damnation and all that. And here's the point that I want to bring to that uh, discussion is this. Don't fear hell. Fear the presence of Yahweh, because that is what consumes his enemies. He's a consuming fire. 
And yet so oftentimes we provoke him to jealousy. I want to just ask you to think about a time in your life. Those of you who may have been older, those of you who are in your young adult age and you're in a relationship with somebody. Have you ever experienced the powerful emotion of jealousy before? The powerful emotion of jealousy, it's crazy. And maybe you can relate to this, or maybe you're just way better than I am. But I used to be a really jealous boyfriend. Don't ask my wife, because I don't want her to tell on me. Very jealous. And I was amazed at how, when I became jealous, my, my stomach just started nodding up. There was a real physical connection to my jealousy. By the way, it's not a bad thing to be jealous. We all need to be jealous from time to time. But Yahweh is jealous when we choose to walk against him and to leave him and serve other gods. And this is the very thing that Israel did over and over and over again. They decided to set up poles and trees and temples and they worshiped other gods. Do not provoke Yahweh to jealousy. Do not be unfaithful to him. When Yahweh's jealousy is aroused, his anger is kindled and judgment follows quickly. As a nation, we have provoked Yahweh to jealousy. We have denied him and his awesome power. We have rejected him and his saving gospel. That is his son, Yeshua. We have looked at the heavens and said, we don't need you. We're just fine on our own. Thanks. What you see in American politics, what you see in this split between the country, half and half, is those that fear Yahweh and those that have no concept of the fear of Yahweh. They don't know him. It's the godless and the godly. And so as a nation, we have provoked Yahweh to jealousy by serving other gods, by offering our children on the altars of Molech, by drinking the blood and the occult activity and all that that goes with it that you're hearing about. We have an obligation as true believers to not only fear Yahweh, but to know what it is that provokes him to jealousy and say, I'm not going to participate in that. Just like an unfaithful spouse goes out and whores around in the community or goes out and commits lewdness in the community and a husband or wife are left at home wondering where their spouse is. That jealousy of Yahweh burns. There are many ways we bring Yahweh to jealousy. I wanted to share with you some words of a song that I really love. And I may have shared it with you before, but they say that people only hear about five minutes of a total sermon. So hopefully this is the 45 that you missed. 
beforehand. This is a song called Love of a Jealous Kind by Jars of Clay. And they say, I built another temple to a stranger. I gave away my heart to the rushing wind. I set my course to run right into danger. I sought the company of fools instead of friends. You know, I've been unfaithful lovers in lines while you're turning over tables with the rage of a jealous kind. I chose the gallows to the aisle. I thought that love would never find. Hanging ropes will never keep you and your love of a jealous kind. Love of a jealous kind. You see what people so often miss is that in order to have the emotion of jealousy, there must be a strong emotion of love present. One is not jealous of somebody he doesn't love. And so when we see Yahweh becoming jealous over his people, it's because he loves them. He is devoted to them. He is faithful to them. And yet in that devotion, love and faithfulness, they show nothing but unfaithfulness back toward him. How many times have we been in the moment where we gave our heart to the rushing wind? Anything that passed by, we just grabbed a hold of it and we went with it. We built temples to strangers, idolized people in our lives, sports figures and and movie stars and music people and maybe a friend, maybe a girlfriend. We idolize these people. We set our course to run right into danger and we seek out the company of fools instead of friends. Meanwhile, you have the savior of all mankind who is both gentle and kind, understanding. He says, come to me, I, those who are weary and I'll give you rest. I'm gentle. And yet what do we see when he talks about and acts on the religious leaders of his day? He goes in with a whip and starts smacking people around and flinging tables up because they turned his father's house into a den of thieves. You see, that passion, that jealousy for Yahweh is the same jealousy that we need to have. When we see brothers in the faith that are leading a life that is going astray, we need to step in and be jealous for Yahweh. Don't hit them with a whip, but... Maybe And your words encourage them. And it, when it comes to the nation, we need to be jealous for Yahweh. We need to show the nation what it is to fear him so that they can understand his wrath and his vengeance. People are sleeping right now because Yahweh is waiting. And I want to share this word too. I believe this truly. I believe that Yahweh is going to allow the devil to play his first move in the end times. And that is when the nations will stream to the devil and the beast system. Yahweh is going to allow the beast to explore and to show his incredible power, the signs and the wonders and the miracles of the heavens that are going to come to the earth. These things Yahweh is going to allow and he will remain quiet. Because why? Because he's waiting for the righteousness and his wrath to be revealed at the appropriate time. So when you see that coming, when you hear about it, 
Don't worry. The Bible says that people will be depressed at the end times because of the signs and the things that are coming. Don't be that way. Be reminded that all of the things we see that are coming to the earth are nothing compared to the wrath of Yahweh, which is coming to follow. Hallelujah. And only those who are uh, sanctified by the blood of Yeshua will escape that wrath. If you don't have that covering, if you're not wearing the wedding clothes, you will be cast out where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You must prepare yourself with the wedding garments, the clothes of the lamb, clothing ourselves. That's exactly what it said there in Hebrews when it talked about the blood of Yeshua, which is covering us. We have confidence because of it. Without it, we have no hope. Be encouraged, brethren. We need to be jealous for Yahweh and we need to think about the things that we're doing that could possibly be provoking him to jealousy. I don't want to worship something somewhere and bring Yahweh to the heart of jealousy. Amen. I want to serve him in such a way that I show him my love and my appreciation and my admiration for him. Sure, the lights are pretty. But is it pleasing? Somebody with me? We need to have a heart that serves him. A jealousy that burns for him. You who have turned away from Yahweh, come back. You who don't know him, listen. And those of you who are on the journey, keep on going. We need to be jealous for the righteousness of Yahweh. To stand in the presence of Yahweh is a death sentence unless you have the covering of his son. In the book of 1 John chapter 4, let's start in verse 14. Let's just start in verse 11, rather. Beloved, if Yahweh so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has seen Yahweh at any time. If we love one another, Yahweh abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. We have seen and testified that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Yeshua is the son of Yahweh, Yahweh abides in him and he in Yahweh. We have come to know and have believed the love which Yahweh has for us. Yahweh is love, and the one who abides in love abides in Yahweh, and Yahweh abides in him. By this love, by this rather, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Confidence in the day of judgment, fearing not, 
the judgment of Yahweh because the covering of Yeshua is there. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. Fear involves punishment. If we don't have and exercise the faith of Yahweh, the faith of Yeshua, we have condemned ourselves. You can't hear the gospel. Receive, let's, you know what, let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Another warning here. Can I just share with you briefly? Hebrews chapter 6. And verse 1, therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about Messiah, let us press on to maturity. The point of baptism is the beginning of a journey, a journey to maturity. Baptism is not the height of your spiritual experience. It is a peak, but it's not the peak. Yahweh does not require us to know certain things, to be a certain good person, to receive the good news message of Yeshua and his saving grace and the blood that he has shed for us. We only need to come to him believing to receive that. But thereafter is a life and an expectation of maturity. We must continue. Paul says, should we continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. Why would we who have died to sin still continue in them? And so there's a maturity. Look at what he says. Therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about Messiah, let's press on to maturity. Not laying, again, the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward Yahweh of instructions about washing and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. These things are the elementary, the basics of our faith. All this we will do if Yahweh permits. So we have to, that's the, by the way, those things are the gospel. That's the basics, you know, eternal judgment. Even things that I'm talking about, the fear of Yahweh, these are things that come at the bottom and then we go up. But look at what he says here in verse 4 and, and through 6. This is serious now. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and they have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted of the good word of Yahweh and the powers of the age to come and then they have fallen away, it is impossible again to renew them to repentance, since they again crucify to themselves the Son of Yahweh and put him to open shame. We have to be careful, brothers and sisters. We have to be careful. Made partakers of the Holy Spirit, there are those who have received Yeshua with a fullness of heart, 
repented. And yet, eventually, they look at the heavens and they shake their fists and say, I don't need you anymore. Why was I saying that? Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. That's what I was saying. Look, if you want to live without fear, then we must exercise the love of Yahweh in our lives. And what is the exercise of the love of Yahweh? Is it not to do the things that he has asked? Is it not to do the things that he has said? Is it not the keeping and honoring of his word, his commandments, his testimonies, the statutes? Is this not the way we express our love back toward him? Hath Yahweh not said? Brothers and sisters, if we want to live without fear, we need to move over and align ourselves with the will of the Almighty. But the only way to do that is through the covering. I'm wrapping up now. I just want to share with you that word. In the bridge of the song, Jealous Kind, it just really touches me because I've been here in this place. Yes. It says this, 100 other lovers, more 100 other altars. If I should slow my pace and finally subject me to grace, love that shames the wise, betrays the heart's deceit and lies, and breaks the back of foolish pride. How many times have we given our hearts to other lovers, other altars, You see, the point of the gospel is that it stands in opposition to what people expect. It's acceptance first and then correction. Grace is a gift. It's nothing we can do to earn it. And so here, Yeshua says, come to me. It is the love of Yahweh that draws us in. Yahweh so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It betrays our hearts, deceit and lies. There's nothing more that the devil wants you to believe, but that the gospel, the good news of Yeshua is a lie. Many, many, many times we have denied his grace. Those of us who are baptized and have gone astray, come back. Those of us who have been baptized and have gone astray, come back. Don't let your pride get in the way. I just want to encourage you today that it's the fear of Yahweh that holds us. Not because we're afraid of him, but because we truly know him. And we know his power and we know his authority and we let that guide our love back toward him. Thank you, Father. Help me not be put to shame in the presence of my enemies. 
Let's not arouse the jealousy of Yahweh in our lives by worshiping false gods. Let's not arouse the jealousy of Yahweh in our lives by loving others more than him. Yeshua said, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. We must take up our staff and follow him. Finally, let's be perfected in love. Perfected in love, which casts out fear. Living in peace. Living in peace with Yahweh. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Yahweh, we just want to give you thanks for all of your kindness toward us. But Yahweh, we want to remember the seriousness of you. The holiness of you. We want to be reminded, Yahweh, that it is you who opened up the mouth of the earth to swallow those who were playing the harlot. It's the same Yahweh, Father, that we serve today. Help us to take our faith seriously. Help us to take our walk seriously. Help us to take every action and thought captive and devote it to you. Be with us in our shortcomings. Give us faith and encouragement that you are real and your promises are true. And may you be with every person here. In the name of Yeshua, we give you so much thanks. Amen. I just want to close by saying, if you're a person who has not understood the importance of repentance and Yeshua for salvation, and you need to be baptized so that you can be covered Present yourselves as holy before Yahweh. I encourage you to do that. And do not wait. Do not waste time. For the day is quickly approaching. May I bless you.